Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. There was some other news today. One assumes, I don't know, because this morning there was a massive global internet outage that affected news giants like CNN and the New York Times. It even affected the print edition's front page story. Error 503, newspaper unavailable. <laughs> Non-news sites were hit too, like Etsy, Hulu, PayPal, Reddit, Twitch, and Amazon. That one affected me because I needed to order a new battery for my bathroom scale, and Amazon wasn't available, and 911 was no help. <laughs> Wouldn't even send an ambulance to get me way to the hospital. <laughs> well, Colbert's pretty funny when he's not being obnoxiously political. I'd forgot how funny he is. So, uh, internet was down a lot overnight. I didn't even know that. Um, yeah, it was. It was like a little-known web services company that that all the big behemoths use. They had a glitch, and so everybody went down. So, Sean says that that somehow plays into this. New York Times publishes then deletes article. So it was one of those deals where the New York Times publishes an article and then yanks it off their website. Claiming watermelons were found on Mars. Now, they've, got a, they've got a screen capture of it here. Fields of watermelons found on Mars, police say. Police say. That's the funny part. Police say. It's so That's perfect. Authorities say rise of fruit aliens is to blame for glut of outer space watermelons, police say. So what, 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 what's the theory on this, Sean? Uh, my theory is that this after their uh, website got brought back up, they were testing, uh, posting test articles to see if things were okay. functioning properly as well a lot of times you'll have kind of background test servers where things aren't supposed to be publicly viewed but you can make sure things are working properly my guess is one of those switches wasn't flipped and the public saw something that they weren't supposed to see which was just a a dress rehearsal of this is what an article posting would do speaking of news and articles we talked a little bit ago about how by far number one by far it's not even close where people get their news online is from Google News. I didn't even know that was a thing, and I'm embar- mm-hmm. I'm embarrassed to say that as a guy who's in the business. But uh, a buddy of ours uh, just texted the show and said, "Oh yeah, they are far and away the best." He said he he's a person who hates Google, is scared of Google, but he says there it's just too good. It's just too good to not use. You can uh, you can uh, form it to whatever your needs and wants are. It starts to look at your the the st- the news that you take in through your other Google stuff and starts to aggregate it. He said their algorithms are just too good to not use it. So he gave into the dark side and says Google News is by far the best. So I'm I'm going to start using it. I've been subscribing to Apple News for some time because it gives you access to a bunch of uh, publications that are paywalled. But it's annoyingly like you can tell it's some woke twenty three year old who's doing the the algorithms. And I'm constantly getting crap I don't want, and I can't seem to customize it right. I worry. But yeah, about, this looks much much more usable. I worry about algorithms though, because YouTube is Google, right? Yes. And yeah. their their algorithms, they're they're so narrow. So because I was interested in this one day, I kind of got on this kick. For years, you're going to give me Larry Bird highlights. I mean, just one day, I kind of wanted to watch a few. It doesn't mean <laughs> it's the only thing I'm interested in for the rest of my life. Right. Right. Well, and scarily enough, because I was reading about um, the the YouTube, uh, I'm sorry, the Google News thing, is they will look at everything you do because uh, you you clicked OK, your Gmail, your YouTube viewing oh, boy. and and the rest of it and amalgamate it all into what ought to be a good news feed for you. And they're really, really good at it. It's just scary. Huh. 
Uh, Kim Jong Un has lost a bunch of weight, and they're not exactly sure why. Remember the what? Fat, what's he doing? Keto? The fat evil Mediterranean. Doing the Mediterranean diet. <laughs> fat evil dictator from North Korea. It's the intermittent fasting, isn't it? He might be doing what I'm doing. He and I might have that in common. Just like Hitler or- and I have in common that we hate modern art. Um, hmm. Kim Jong Un and I might have in common that we're doing the fasting diet. Hmm. You could be the new Dennis Rodman. Maybe fly over there. Befriend him. South Korean. I'm nation- hungry. Are you hungry? <laughs> yeah, me too. South Korean <laughs> national intelligence, and they have a reason to look at this because if he's dying of a dread disease, they'd want to know it right there on the border with a bunch of guns pointed at him. Uh, South Korean national intelligence told re- uh, lawmakers in November that it believed Kim weighed 308 pounds. So they base it on pictures and stuff like that. Can you imagine being the head of that department? They believe. <laughs> How's he look to you today? I think he's up a couple of pounds. Really? You work for the equivalent of the CIA here in South Korea. What do you do? Huh? Must be pretty important stuff. I guess how fat Kim Jong Un is. Based my, on most recent pictures. Based on recent pictures, I try to figure out what he weighs. So and then I like compare him to fat guys in the office and figure, <laughs> well, you're two eighty five. He's bigger than you. It's good work if you can get it. And then you get a side picture. Oh man, he's bigger than I thought he was. Um, they thought he weighed 308 pounds in November and that he had gained an average of six to seven kilograms per year. What's a kilogram? Two and a half pounds? 2.2 pounds. Yes, sir. Something like that. So a dozen, 15 pounds a year he is gaining. Okay. Well, he's in that part of life when your metabolism slows down. Trust me, you got to watch out. Since he came to power in 2011, they think he's gained about 13 to 15 pounds a year. You don't want to gain 13 to 15 pounds a year for a decade. On the surface, notable weight loss might not mean much, but it can provide clues to other information that they need, uh, whether or not his health is at risk, and maybe somebody else will be in charge soon. He's a heavy smoker who struggled with health conditions, they believe. Uh, Remember, he disappeared for six weeks in 2014 before reappearing with a walking stick, so he could have all kinds of health problems from his weight and finally... He's still a human being, even though he's an evil dictator. It could have, at some point in his mind, just his, all right, I better do something. You know, everybody has those moments about things. Yeah, or he's got a dread disease. Or he could have a dread disease and he'd be dying. Losing weight. It could be just look his doctor, at fear of being machine gunned to death, said, with your smoking and your blood pressure, if you don't drop a few pounds, you're not going to live to see 40. And, you know, so he would machine gun the doctor, but then, you know what? Too bad I machine gunned him because he had a point. Doc, (laughs) I'm going to. I'm going to have to feed you to dogs, but I really appreciate the <laughs> oh, advice. Oh, jeez. You took it darker than me. Well, it's, a dark, it's the hermit kingdom. It's evil. So coming up, the new trend in building neighborhoods. Really interesting. I had no idea of this, and it's enormous. Plus, Sean and his buddies playing at the meme economy could soon be behind federal bars. Oh, they boy. have their eye on you, you Wait, merry what? jokesters. Maybe the joke is on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sean just bought a bonsai tree NFT, so there. <laughs> come and get me, feds. Is that, did you just come across that at random, or is that a hot thing right now, bonsai NFTs? Uh, no, there is a, uh, they're called projects. There is a project out that released these specifically yeah. bonsai trees. I thought the, the aesthetics were neat looking. And, so you bought one. Yeah, there, there's not. You're looking for a reason for me to be doing any of this other than like a forced function of trying to learn about whatever blockchain wow. is, right? And you paid how many Ethereum for it? A point oh nine five Ethereum, a, a, like bargain, a bargain, twice the price. Yeah, yeah. you should have bought two. That's a hell of a deal. <laughs> um, you give the change to the waitress. As soon as I understand what any of that meant, I'll get back to you. Uh, <laughs> 
Other stories on the way. What did you just tease? You teased something I thought was good. Oh, the building trend in oh, yeah, the U.S. Yeah, yeah. Securities and Exchange Commission. Seriously, you you uh, nut jobs manipulating various AMC stocks and GameStop and the rest of it, <laughs> they're coming for you. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. World's Strongest Man competition is coming to a town near me. I'm kind of excited about that this month. I think my kids would like to watch that. I don't know what it would be like. I don't know if it would be like an awesome spectator event or a terrible spectator event. Seems like it'd be kind of cool. You know, the televised version is pretty heavily edited. Yeah, to really I, pick up the pace, I wonder. Right. I'll bet it moves really slow. Um, but uh, fat guys lifting heavy things. I mean, what's... Please. Come on now. The fat guys. You mean the world's strongest men? Yeah. And lifting it, atlas stones onto pedestals of various heights in a timed manner for some reason? It is kind of interesting that the world's strongest men tend to look like fat guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, you know, uh, who who among us has not noticed that the big boys have enormously powerful legs? Because they get so much exercise hauling themselves around. <laughs> you want an incredible <laughs> pair of calves, look to the fat man next to you. All right. It's just, it's, it's, it's the truth. Coming up, Kamala Harris's, was she drunk? Incoherent? Was there a gas leak? Speech at the end of her Central American trip will... Uh, go through that with you and enjoy it together. A uh, c- couple of quick stories about the economy. And I was only partly kidding, but the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission warned Monday that it is closely monitoring the frenetic moves in the stock market amid meme-driven stocks like AMC and GameStop Corp. Uh, let's see, the SEC in a statement provided no by... attention the... to me driving away quickly as, the, as you finish the story. i gotta go. <laughs> I got to go hide some stuff. I got to go do a thing. <laughs> SEC staff continues to monitor the market in light of the ongoing volatility in certain stocks to determine if there have been any disruptions of the market, manipulative trading, or other misconduct. In, addic- in addition, we will act to protect retail investors if violations of federal security laws are found. They mentioned that AMC uh, Entertainment Holdings is up 2,500% this year. So that would have been a good investment. Is that not normal? <laughs> Uh, GameStop is still in play. It's up fourteen hundred percent this year. Wow, it's, it's remarkable. As as the uh, the Reddit people continue to p- try to punish hedge funds for being uh, bastards, uh, just remember this, my friends. And I, I appreciate your efforts, and I hope you all make money. And I don't particularly care about the other stuff. Uh, but the SEC exists at least in part to protect the fat cats and do their bidding. So so be careful. No, uh, any money made on meme stocks is still real money. You're going to get taxed on it. Uh, you, you can't cash out of these things, spend all your tens of thousands that you have just made, and then uh, don't be surprised when the tax bill comes as well. Well, the trouble with all these stories is immediately my mind goes to if I'd have bought it next and sold it at, at, at Y. But almost nobody does that. No. No, and the one guy who did makes the paper, so yeah. you start to think, oh, yeah, clearly everybody's winning. Yeah, So this is uh, this is really interesting. Uh, a slight uh, change of topic here to the building industry. The hottest trend in building right now are... Hold are, me closer, tiny houses. Is it that? No, it's not. It's, it's communities, subdivisions built 
for the purpose of renting. They're mm. they're generally not huge houses. They're one and two bedroom houses, but they have yards, little yards. They got a fence. You can have barbecue. The rest of it, but they were never intended for ownership. They're owned by the builder, and uh, and they rent out all these little houses. And by little, I just mean quite modest. They're not tiny. Um, but this is uh, thirty thirty miles outside of Phoenix. Um, more than 2,000 rental houses around uh, Greater Phoenix in a couple of different uh, subdivisions. So, uh, and, and so they're really popular. That's interesting. So that they're they're uh, assuming we're just going to move toward more of a rental economy in terms of yeah. homeowners because we got this text earlier. We were talking about how the prices of California homes have gone up 23 percent March to March and uh, record highs and everything like that. And we got this text: investors are buying up homes with cash. My daughter was outbid in Corona, California by $100,000 on a home. Well, I was close. Um, unlike the last recession, there may not be a housing bubble. Investors plan to rent these houses rather than sell. And with the new relaxed zoning in California, multiple units can be built on the same lot. And in time, the suburbs will look like big cities. So in California, similar sort of thing. They're not, it's not new developments, but they're buying homes and old developments and turning them all into rentals. Right. The rent is too damn high. I heard that, brother. Uh, and they tip their cap to that. Investors have been buying up single-family houses to rent out for some time, typically in disparate bunches and communities where most people own their homes. Tenants may have absentee landlords. Built-to-rent developments, however, are entirely new subdivisions designed for renters. They're managed more like new apartment buildings with designate, designated staff for repairs and maintenance. And in the past few years, the model's really taken off around Phoenix and elsewhere, likely to become a dominant force in the rental housing market in the coming years. There are some stats. Today, built-to-rent homes make up just over 6% of new homes built in the U.S. every year, but those numbers are increasing in a, in a big hurry. Hmm. Uh, backed by banks and private investment firms, they've already bet billions on the sector and will put down some $40 billion more during the next 18 months. It's an enormous business. And you know what? These subdivisions look very pleasant. Sure. I'm sure it's they a are. significant step up from an apartment, but none of the hassles of ownership. So I'd like to invest in this sort of thing, but uh, I have no idea how. Perhaps I'll have Sean click around on the Internet and get me an NFT of these, um, these subdivisions. Sean, perhaps on, I'll boss. buy that. There are very cool things about owning your own home, obviously, but there are also cool things about something broke and you make a phone call and don't think about it again because <laughs> it's somebody else's problem i love making the joke to my homeowning friends that they should just call their landlord when they're complaining about stuff <laughs> i find it hilarious yeah there are definitely uh, you know benefits and and drawbacks to both models well, like but everything in life yeah they think there's a great niche uh for younger couples in particular uh, in this thing, they don't plan on being in your city for the next 15 to 20 years. They're just going to work there for a while and decide what they want to do at the end of that time. So it's perfect for them. Sean, could you Google me some of the events for the world's strongest man competition, trying to decide whether I want to buy tickets since it's going to be in my neighborhood? You got the rock setting. Sean mentioned that. You rock got the setting? log. Yeah, you take a big ivory rock, you got to put it up on a pedestal. Okay. You got the log heaving. That's one of my favorites. You're you got to heave logs? a log. As far as you can, yeah, yeah. Then you got various modes of transportation you got to pull. Sometimes a bus, sometimes a train. Depends. I've seen flipping giant tires. You have to like lift it and turn it over. And then the always entertaining refrigerator carry. I've watched more of this than I'd like to admit. How about flipping a barrel over a wall? I've seen that too. Oh yeah, that's a good one. A big like a keg of beer, and you got to throw it over a wall. 
So we got the Giants medley. We got the Max deadlift. You got your keg toss. That's a crowd favorite. Yeah. The Hercules oh, yeah. hold. The log ladder. Do you know what any of these are? The Hercules hold. For uh, you're holding 350 pounds in each hand for as long as possible, holding them out. Uh, oh my god! Uh, along the side. Oh, I can't. Yeah, um, not long is the answer. <laughs> uh, Max deadlift. The uh, Giants medley uh, involves three different weights. Uh, you, you got a, a 276 pound anvil, um, a <laughs> thousand pound yoke. Uh, and the course length is 10 meters. I'm not sure what you're doing with all this, but <laughs> you're carrying it. It's probably just as fast as you can get all three down across the finish line, however you want to do it. But you get your kids uh, watching the Atlas Stones or the keg toss. That's a good day. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Throwing the keg over the wall. That'd be cool. Huh? Wow. Wow. You got to go. They, they got to do the big, either a truck pull or a train pull or something. It just. <laughs> they just get the grip and they just dust of just these boulders of chalk that somehow yeah. walk in human form. Yeah. And they're just, just oh, yeah. hands, just nothing but blisters. Yeah. And they just pull. And, and their grunts. knees are always super taped up because their knees have blown yeah. out like yes. 50 times. These guys are disproportionately Scandinavian, too. They're, they're a hardy folk, the Scandinavians, uh, clearly. A lot of they, Viking they dominate. lineage, I would guess. <laughs> Viking yeah, lineage with their knees blowing out constantly. So I got all all the ligaments and everything taped together, hoping right. it will hold while I toss this keg in the air. Well, sometimes when the tide was low, the Vikings would have to carry their ships across the <laughs> land. I mean, I'm very beefy. Armstrong and Getty. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. I, and I haven't been to Europe. And I, I, mean, I, don't, I don't understand the point that you're making. There's an enormous crisis at the border. You're allegedly in charge of it, or at least part of it, and you haven't gone to look around. Uh, 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 what part do you not get? <laughs> She's, she's got to drop the giggle. I don't think it serves her well. Yeah, I heard a lefty commentator saying, and then she resorted to the inexplicable and uncomfortable giggle thing. Anyway, <laughs> uh, famously, the office of the vice presidency isn't worth a bucket of warm poo, as the old saying goes. Oh, On the other hand, everybody knows old man Biden is not going to run for a second term if indeed he lives uh, through the first one. And and there were a lot of efforts, including by the administration, to call it the Biden-Harris administration. So I think uh, a look at old Kamala is definitely worth it. She gave a speech I happened to catch live yesterday at the end of her visit to the uh, Central American uh, countries that she was going to, uh, suggesting that we fix them and that would end illegal immigration, which is an odd plan. But I found it so incoherent and odd and full of jargon. We thought we'd play some of it for you. Uh, let's go ahead with 32, and we'll as give you a pause have, as needed. As I have uh, been both in Guatemala and here in Mexico over the last two days, this trip has reinforced a, a central theme in the conversations that I've had, both with the leaders of these two countries and the members of civil society and, and people who have so much invested in the present and in the future. And one of the themes. All right, go it, ahead and pause. <laughs> what? Now, anybody paying attention, that sentence 
was a train wreck. I'll t- well, I'll t- I can tell you what it is, because I've done this enough times in my life. I'm not proud of it. She's winging it with nothing to say. Yeah. I've, I've done this yeah. before myself. And if you're kind of good at it, you can do it enough that, you know, you get to walk out of there without being punched. But it doesn't come <laughs> off very well. She was winging it. She had. I was yeah. shocked that she didn't have, like, more notes or prepared lines or anything like that. She was winging it and had nothing to stay and was, like, tired at the end of a long day. Cause she just rambles. She yeah. just filled the time. Well, it sounded like she was drunk or stoned or something. That last part about, I, in fact, I can't even replicate it. It's a word salad. Can you go back like 15 seconds, Sean? Members of civil society and, and people who have so much invested in the present and in the future. And one of the themes is that there is no question that we are entering a new era around the globe. And this new era has made it quite clear that we are interconnected and interdependent. That what affects one country affects the globe. And certainly when we look at the relationships between the United States and our neighbors in the Western Hemisphere, we know that to be true. The President and I feel very strongly that what happens abroad matters to the people of the United States. Okay, all right. We, we kind of went with that already. She's wondering if there's anything and, else and that she can get out of that. To our national security, to our economic security, yeah. to our well-being. All connected, that right? That it is critical that we work on and continue to re-engage with our because allies around the globe. One but we the also other. understand that those relationships have an impact. If she were me, she would have thrown in a moreover right there, because that was my go-to. That's always been my go-to, and I'm rambling either in a written paper that I got nothing to say or in a speech I got. Moreover. I I use thusly in uh, pretty much the same way, yeah. We are all interconnected in that one country affects uh, the globe, and um, as the globe affects each country... She, Each know, country is affected by the other country's it, effects. It makes me a little un- <laughs> it makes me a little uncomfortable because I've done this too many times. Again, I'm not proud of it. But her one pause there, I could I could I knew what was going on because I've been there myself. This hasn't been long enough. It needs to be longer. What else can I say? <laughs> yeah, boy, I kind of did the connected thing. Maybe I'll expand on that a little bit. Uh, all right, Webster's Dictionary defines connected yeah. as. Oh boy. We understand that what happens abroad yes. matters to the United States. Yes, like you and said. And that's why the president will be traveling tomorrow to Europe. Oh. And why is my first trip as vice president of the United States? I decided to come here to this region and to visit our neighbors in Mexico now most recently and before that in Guatemala. Because uh, we're all interconnected, huh? All right. Let's see. Um, so, how, uh, from a uh, accomplishing things politically standpoint, would, did they care about the uh, the uh, Guatemalan press? Because obviously, that's a pretty big deal when the vice president of the United States comes down there, and that would that would lead the newscast there. Do they care about that? Is that what they're trying to do? Um, or is this for domestic consumption? I would Sheesh. think it would be for domestic consumption. Hmm. Well, then, well, see. I was going to give her a pass for having nothing to say if it was for the Guatemalans. They just needed to be vice president was here and, you know, emphasizing that she cares. And they take out a 10 second clip and, and then go on yeah. with their news. Now in Guatemalan sports, whatever those are, um, <laughs> probably soccer, quite for, a bit of soccer. 
I bet they play baseball, too. Come on. Um, but uh, for domestic consumption, I would have thought you'd have had something prepared. Like like somebody on her staff would have written up a good three, four minutes of something to say. She'd have just read it and walked off. Right. We've made real progress in the interconnected uh, blah, blah, blah. We've established that the Guatemalans are ready to work with the blah, blah. Right, sure. You know what the uncomfortable truth is for uh, Kamala and Joe? Because they said for months and months, come on in. We'll give you every, we'll give you food, health care for free. We'll educate your kids. Uh, anybody who says you shouldn't come in is a racist. We're going to approve all asylum apl- applications. Come on in. Come on in. Come on in. Well, people came on in. And so what Kamala was down there to do was say, Look, President of Guatemala, how much do you need to somehow stem the outflow of your country? Well, what's it going to take? What, what what do you what do you want? We'll just write you a check. Yeah, no kidding. And and then you get into the uncomfortable position. And and Donald J talked about some of this. Uh, and and I at the time criticized him for it. You can't imprison people in your country. That's not a good look. You, the, the, there are only a couple of countries in history that really did that. Um, in in a forceful way, stopped you out going out at the border, um, and that's you know your North Koreas and your your East Germanys and the rest of that. So you know you, you can't run a prison country, but yeah, you know, there are ways they can discourage people from coming north. The hilarious part was where's that part where she says uh, not to leave, don't come. Is that part of the Peter Ducey report? That was definitely the headline out of yesterday. Don't come. The folks in this region who are thinking about making that dangerous trek to the United States-Mexico border, do not come. That's hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. That's like in the midst of one of those riots last summer, some store manager standing out front and saying, I have one message to people who would come into the store and grab all the free stuff they can carry. Don't come in and loot. Don't come. Do not come. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, behind him, people are running in and out with stereos and TVs and cases of liquor and whatever shoes and the rest of it. Don't loot. Don't loot. You know, t- and, and in this scenario, actually, the store manager would have been pro looting for the last two years. You know, Tucker Carlson, the most watched cable news show in America, uh, he's making a big deal yesterday of why we're we spending all this money in these countries. Let's uh, fix our poor areas. And um, I get that uh, that argument, and it and it plays well with certain crowds. I, uh, you know, what what is the sweet spot for how much we ought to spend on these, uh, you know, s whole countries? Um, if it benefits us to boost them so that they don't all come here, you know, at some point you're saving money. Yes, you are absolutely. I don't know what the I don't know what the number is though, or who 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 who's the smartest person to try to figure out what that is. How much do we have to improve those countries? Because that ain't our job. As an American taxpayer, when I go to work every day, I don't think I'm happy to give my third to the Guatemala to make sure they have a better paved streets. But if it keeps more people from coming into the country and clogging up our emergency rooms or making our schools unworkable or whatever, well, then you got you got my attention. Sure, and one of the uncomfortable truths of geopolitics is you buy your friends, too. And there are a lot of countries that don't particularly give a damn whether they fall within the Chinese sphere of influence or ours. And we don't want China to have, you know, uh, economic, uh, agricultural, uh, technological, whatever, uh, resources. 
um, that that should be our friends, especially in our hemisphere. Like, so yeah, yeah, there's a little bribery that happens. Yeah, they're doing that all over over all over Africa. We don't want them to right. do that with Central and South America. Right. Yeah. So it's more complicated than it's not our job to prop up Guatemala. Uh, but you're right. Where is the sweet spot? Are you just going to pour money into you know Central American banana republics with utterly corrupt governments? Right. Saw a couple for, of interviews about that yesterday. Uh, people, people angry about yeah, the money comes in, but it's stolen by our politicians. Right. Right. And that's that's one of the real difficulties of international aid is you might have the best. Uh, you know, intentions in the world. But those leaders, for their survival, they are much better off. There's oh, great chapters on this in the Dictator's Handbook, which is one of the best books I've ever read about politics. But um, it is much more in the interests of the elite to steal that money and hand it out to their uh, constituent, their their key constituencies, whether it's the armed forces or the elites of the society or whatever. They're, it's Politically speaking, it's way more beneficial for them to do that than to like actually repave the streets and improve the schools, because especially in corrupt uh, forms of government, they fake up the votes anyway. So you don't care what the common man thinks. I think listeners would be shocked at how little I know about Guatemala or Central America in general. I mean, really, really nothing, barely anything. Can't yeah. tell you anything about what they do there, what their industries are, how many what people, sports they play, how many people you live there, their capital. I, I don't know anything about it, like zero. I probably should pay more. I probably should look into this a little more. Yeah, I took some classes uh, in college on the governments and politics of Central and South America, but that was ages ago. So now it's just bits and but so you know, did, little bits that I read. So, but are like our CIA propped up various governments and stuff back in the fifties, right, to keep communists mm-hmm. from taking over? Yeah, exactly. It was either brutal right-wing dictators or uh, Soviet-backed communists. I'll always remember. I had a woman in my kitchen uh, at a party. Um, she was from one of your countries like that, and I don't remember Honduras, Guatemala, something like that. Was she there of her own free will? Just uh, yeah, no, she was. Okay. Uh, she was guest at the party, but somehow oh. got on the topic of politics, and it was late at night, and everybody was drunk. But she was screaming. I mean, she was so angry, and this was like a twenty-something in the year two thousand. Um, you know, so it was long before she was born about the U.S. meddling in her country, and uh, and what they had done with you know propping up this dictator which was a bad guy, but at least it wasn't the communists. That was our view mm-hmm. at the time. Um, and just so the the level of anger that she had toward the United States about that, I thought was really interesting. Generations and generations past the deed. Well, um, although a lot of that stuff endured into the, the 80s. For sure. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And, no and it's extremely uncomfortable, man. There were there were two horrific choices for running these, you know, th- these countries that are in our neighborhood. And we went with the one instead of the other, and both sides committed just terrible atrocities and disappearances and the rest of it. But if we it's, hadn't, it, but if we hadn't propped up the one, it's not like it was going to be a uh, you know America Jeffersonian democracy, right? So, no, but it is. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. No doubt about yeah. it. That's a little I know. I know more about like South America going way back because I've written so, I've read so much about Simon Bolivar lately, um, who is uh, the 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 South American George Washington? Really, one of the most amazing figures in world history. Maybe mm. I'll talk about that another day. I'd love it. Um, but I, I I'll, I'll try to get up to speed on Guatemala and in uh, these countries <laughs> if it ever comes hey, up again. Can we just because I'm a mean and spiteful man play uh, uh, some of the Tucker Carlson uh, kicking Kamala stuff next when we segment? Come back? Yeah, we yeah. Why that. not? Yeah. Um, I had one other thing I wanted to jam in. 
It wasn't about watermelons discovered on Mars. No, it was something else. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Just a couple of minutes left, then we'll record our um, little podcast we do after the show every day. If you've never heard one more thing, go to armstrongandgetty.com. At my request, here's clip 41, Tucker on Kamala. So the question is, how did Kamala Harris wind up effectively in charge of the entire country? That's a question that historians of democracy will spend decades pondering. Democracy being, you'll remember from school, a system in which citizens get to choose their own leaders. Yet apart from a few handlers around Joe Biden, nobody really chose Kamala Harris. It's a pretty amazing story, actually. It's frustrating, but it's also deeply amusing. So take a moment once in a while, just to pause a respite, to enjoy the pure hilarious absurdity of Miss Kamala D. Harris. You'll find it refreshing. So this is a fully vaccinated person who recently kissed her fully vaccinated husband while both of them were wearing surgical masks and then pretended it was entirely normal, just like you do at home, kissing your vaccinated husband with a surgical mask. This is the daughter of two college professors who tells you with a straight face that she grew up poor and depressed under Jim Crow in California. This is a person who can't stop lecturing you about American values, what this country stands for, despite the fact she didn't really grow up here. Actually, Harris went to high school in Montreal, and yet, and this is the amazing part, even in French-speaking Canada, she now tells us, quote, many generations of her Indian and Jamaican family somehow celebrated Kwanzaa. That's a holiday that was invented in Los Angeles in 1966, and we could go on, but let's summarize it for you. How fake is Kamala Harris? We'll put it this way. She can't even decide how to pronounce her own first name. We've heard her say it at least two different ways with maximum confidence. Imagine being her. What would your life be like? Well, it's a constant performance and not a very good one. Be interesting to see if she ends up being the uh, the nominee uh, and running for president, how well she does, given that she did so poorly. I mean, maybe everybody just gets into you know the team sport that it is and backs her regardless of the fact that uh, she got no backing when she ran on her own. You know, I might disagree vehemently with and dislike a lot of the powers that be in the Democratic Party, but they're not stupid. And to run Kamala Harris would be stupid. Admit me, chorus to this history, who, prologue-like, your humble patients pray, gently to hear, kindly to judge, the final thoughts of Armstrong and Getty. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. How about a final thought from everybody on the crew, starting with Michelangelo pressing the buttons in the control room. Michael? Yeah, my sense is, you know, how AMC stock has gone up and Dame stock has gone up. I have a bad feeling the federal government is going to put a kibosh on that. Kibosh on that. And uh, so, Sean, hide your money while you can. Ah, uh, let's see. Positive Sean, speak of the devil. How they, about your final thoughts? They can't take that from me. Uh, with what? Um, the NBA MVP announced last night. Before last night, no NBA player drafted below the 15th place in the draft had won MVP. 
Last night's MVP was drafted 41st in the second round. He was actually drafted on the bottom scroll during a Taco Bell commercial. You didn't even get to see his wow. pick live on the What's uh, his on the name? Old. Nikola Jokic plays for the Denver Nuggets. A fascinating, wonderfully fun player to watch. League MVP. League MVP drafted 41st. Wow. Looks like he's playing in slow motion. Wow, that is huh. interesting. Wow. Yeah, Jack, a final thought for us? Uh, No, I ain't got one. All right. I just My don't have th- one. My final thought, 78% of unvaccinated Americans say they're unlikely to uh, change their mind. They're going to stay that way. So practically Aww. all of the people that haven't been vaccinated aren't going to get vaccinated. Right. There are just a handful that say, yeah, I'm going to get around to it sooner or later. For their own reasons, I assume, either you're anti-vax, you don't like being told what to do, or it just sounds like a, a pain to have to make an appointment and show up. I know a few yeah. people in that category. A lot of those folks are young people who really are at very, very little risk anyway. Not no risk, but not much. Here's my final thought. I've started doing deep knee bends. I'll report back tomorrow. Excellent. It's an old-timey exercise. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. Download all of our podcasts. They're available for you. I've decided my knees are too weak. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless America. Goodbye, sweet America. My word for today is... Like, like... Like, like, (laughs) it expressed a courage little seen in this day and age. It's just the way it is. You can look at it half cup full, half cup empty. This is beyond dumb. I want winners. So let's go out with a bang. Bunch of friggin' lion, hypocrite, criminal (laughs) scumbag, (laughs) ass faced, monkey poo eating jackasses. On that high note, thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty.